Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Unfiltered Truth Podcast. I hope you have been loving the episodes so far, and I am so excited that now every single Sunday at 6 p.m. Sydney time, New South Wales time, there will be a new episode for you guys. And I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that I get to jump on here and spill the tea and say whatever I want every every single Sunday. So mark it in your calendars, get your diaries out. It's my day. <laughs> it's the hour where you get to listen to The Unfiltered Truth by Sarah Ruby Coaching and you get to learn something, you get to be expanded, activated, who knows what the transmission will be each week. So in today's episode, what I'm actually going to be diving into is I popped a poll in my Instagram broadcast channel and I said, what do you want to hear? What episode do you want to hear from me? And by an overwhelming majority, a lot of you voted for how my mindset has changed from the beginning versus to where I am today. So where I am, so in March, I have been in business for 21 months. That's really exact, but it's true. Um, we are almost at the two year mark. So, so much has changed from when I first started to now. I have learned so much. So I'm going to extract the lessons from each moment and deliver them to you because I'm going to save you a lot of time. And also I want to open up your minds to different conversations, thought provoking conversations. And I'm going to speak about things that I believed in and my opinions that I held at the beginning versus now, how they've shifted, how they've changed, what I believe now, because I think such a big component of holding opinions well, this is like a twofold thing, right? I think there's two things. The, the first thing with holding an opinion is I think you're, when you hold an opinion and you don't make anyone else wrong for holding a different opinion, that shows integrity, that shows leadership. The second component is I think you actually also have the ability to change your mind and your opinion. Who thought? Because I think, you know, as we expand our emotional intelligence, therefore our values can shift and change and therefore our opinions can change. So I wanted to kind of speak to a few things where at the beginning of my business, I was like, yep, this is what I believe. This is my opinion. And, and to now where I'm like, actually, I've changed my mind on that and I'm going to tell you why. So this is going to be a really cool episode. Um, so I was going to give like a <laughs> disclaimer, but like, you know, hold the most generous interpretation of me, right? Like you can hear my opinions and you can also disagree with them. And that is totally fine. Um, nothing in this is actually up for debate. I'm not here to debate anything. Um, I don't want to, I'm just here to deliver my perspective, my truth on situations. And you can actually, it's your decision whether or not you open yourself up to hearing that, or if you hear me use particular phrases, um, you might shut down and, you know, be very mindful of like, are we actually operating the defense or an offense position, you know, in our mindset, in our business. So that's going to be really fun. So without further ado, shall we dive straight into it? I think we shall. So like the timing of me recording this podcast is just so perfect because I just came back from a holiday with my best gal, Sal, my best gal, pal, Sal, pal. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. Um, and we went away to Broad Beach, Queensland together. And I don't know what it was, guys, but leading up to this trip, like I was, I was fucking counting down. I'm going to be honest. I was like, no, this, this trip's going to change my life. And I don't ever put pressure or expectation on things. Like I, I'm always just someone that's just like, go with the flow. 
But this trip, for some reason, I was like, I need to get on that plane by that pool because my life is going to change. And look, February, March, difficult, difficult time. I'm going to be quite frank. Very hard things to navigate. Um, A lot of things were triggering me that I thought I had transcended. So it was a very much like, hey, reminder, you're still a beginner, um, which was really interesting to navigate, which um, it's something I could dive into another day. So I was really counting on this trip. And when we got there, it was just like I took a big deep breath and I was just so present and intentional and everything became clear to me, guys. And I had clarity around my vision, around my values, around what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. It was just like, it was actually just like mind blowing. And I know a lot of coaches post like new level, new era, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But like, you know, when people say that it can be the truth, right? It actually can be the truth. Like, so instead of like slipping into like, I know everyone says this, oh my God, like, is that even true? Like, you know, there's always some truth to it. Right. And for me, like having that level of intentionality and clarity around my business was fucking game changing. And a lot of things dropped in for me. And one of them was like this concept of proximity, the concept of environments and values and congruency. So that was really big for me because I am someone that look, I'm an introvert. I live a comfortable life. Um, in terms of like, I can do the same mundane thing every single day and not get bored of it. I am a homebody through and through. Like if someone was like, Hey, like, let's go to a party or like, let's go out all day versus like, Hey, do you want to stay in? Like I'm picking the stay in option. Like I'm going to put my hand up and say that. Right. So being out of my comfort zone by being somewhere different for like five days where I had to be doing things, It was a lot. And also I booked a personal brand shoot when I was up there with one of my favorite photographers, um, Jack Lee, who is just like a next level incredible. And that was such an edge for me. Like it was such an edge because, you know, I, if you were part of the human masterclass, you would have heard me touch on this already, but I operated my business and I guess still to some degree I do because it is such a really, it's been my biggest work. Um, and it's super vulnerable for me to say, so, you know, when I first started my business, I didn't see a lot of representation of people that I perceived as being plus size or people that weren't super fit, right. That didn't have the abs or the incredible boobs or the ass or the lip filler or whatever. And I am in no way shaming that body type, right? Like guys, they're hot as fuck. They're hot as fuck. But for me, I didn't see a lot of representation of my body and my body has been through a lot. Like I've had a lot of chronic pain, a lot of surgery. So I've got a lot of scars, a lot of um, swelling. My body has gained a lot of weight, et cetera, et cetera. So when I stepped into the industry, I felt so one, like unrepresented Two, I just, I didn't feel pretty enough to be here. I didn't feel pretty enough, attractive enough, skinny enough to be successful and to be an industry leader. And I operated my business from that place, like a lot, like deeply for, you know, the first, like literally until the end of last year. So we're looking at like, you know, a year and a half. And it has been my biggest work because for me, like I know I'm smart. 
I know I'm smart. I know I'm fucking intelligent. I know I'm thought provoking. I know my brain is like next level, the way that I see things, where I analyze things, like no one thinks like me. And for me, I can rely on my brain. I can rely on my intelligence to get me places. I mean, look at the business I've built. You can't be dumb and build a business like this or unintelligent or whatever, like, you know, like I said, shoot the most generous thing. But for me, it was like, yeah, but I'm smart, but I'm not hot enough. Really interesting, right? Because I was always getting reflected to me by those around me. You know, you're so pretty, you're so attractive. And like, I actually didn't fully receive it or fully believe it. You know, you're beautiful inside and out. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Awesome. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And I kept dismissing it. And for me, I held a belief at the beginning of my business um, that you had to be skinny, that you had to be physically attractive to be successful as a coach. That was probably one of the biggest things that I had to transcend. One of the biggest opinions that I held. And this took a lot of work with my coaches um, because I, I remember bringing it to my coach at the time and you know, she was like, I totally get it. I totally get why you feel that way. And I, I witness you and all of it. And she's like, it's funny because I think you're hot as fuck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? You think that? And I, I think for me, it wasn't until someone I respected, AKA someone that I thought was above me in the pedestal in terms of like, you know, how I perceived the hierarchy at the time that I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this, but I still really shied away from fully showing who I am. And I think that's actually been to my biggest detriment in business thus far. Like if I was to identify a particular failure or if I was to identify a particular lesson that I could extract and like deliver it to you today, um, it would be that I diluted parts of myself. I diluted my personality in order to fit in, in order to be accepted. Um, and the irony of that situation is that I don't feel like I was accepted at all by anyone. Um, I actually didn't feel like I found my people because I always had a guard up. I always had a wall up. And in that, I was actually in a lot of like a shame cycle, like a shame pit last year. And that repelled people that wanted to be my friend. And like, totally fair enough. <laughs> you know, why would you want to be friends with someone that's always like, I'm failing. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. Like, when you're someone that's just so relentless in your ambition and, and you're so disciplined towards your goal and you want to build a multi-million dollar empire, like you actually can't entertain that energy of like, I don't know, and like that flakiness. Um, so I was very much in a shame pit because I felt like I had to be accepted. And in that, like, you know, I engaged in, you know, quite gossipy behaviors, quite judgy behaviors. And like, I have to like fully pull my, put my hand up and say like, hey, I did engage in that last year. Um, and I didn't always hold the most generous interpretation of people. Yeah. Like I really played into that, into that bitch because why I, I felt so shit about myself. So it was like, well, I'm going to play into, um, judging others. I'm going to play into the fact that this person did that X amount of years ago and they must still do that without actually holding the most generous interpretation of people. So that was the required a lot of shadow work and honesty from myself to be like, Hey, you need to put the hand up and, and say that you were actually being a fucking bitch. Um, and you need to own that part of yourself because that's what makes you, you, but you need to be able to transcend that really like low vibrational bitchiness and, and actually turn it into something um, beautiful. Cause remembering with, with shadows, it's light and dark and, and, you know, we can integrate that. Um, do have a positive or healthy expression, um, not to turn this into a shadow work one-on-one -on -one thing. But I think for me, like that really ran the show was like, I don't think I'm hot enough. I do not think I'm pretty enough. Like I remember doing my personal branding shoots. I think I've done, I've done three 
Um, no, I've done four now, including this past week, but um, I've done uh, the three prior. I remember going into these particular um, photo shoots and I remember being like, wow, I should have lost weight before I did this. Or, hey, maybe I should have done, um, you know, maybe I should have dyed my hair a different color before this. Or, you know, oh, fuck, like my 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 double chin is going to show like, I hope hopefully she can edit that out like I don't know how to use Facetune like genuinely like these were my thoughts when I was entering photo shoots one I was unprepared I was disorganized but two I was insecure as fuck and I was looking at these shoots as a way to make me feel confident in my business so that I could execute the vision that I had because I've always been a big dreamer I've always had like these crazy incredible beliefs like I have this sense of knowing that what I'm building is like insane but I was allowing myself to be held back by this thing around just not yet because you're not pretty enough yet. And it wasn't until like, you know, that's like I said, it ran the show. But recently what I've really come into is, wow, business can be so activating for low self-worth. And it's so important that you embark on a journey of unconditionally loving yourself because it, you will reach a ceiling. You will reach a point where those that actually have that unconditional love for themselves will surpass you and it will be very difficult to keep up for as long as you're playing the victim and the shame card. So this recent personal brand shoot that I did was actually so game changing because of the fact I walked into this shoot confident as fuck. I came in really organized and that's a credit to Jack because like she did a lot of the organization process behind the scenes, but I actually walked in feeling so fucking confident in myself. Like my poses showed it, the video showed it, my clothing, like, you know, I would never have dreamt of wearing clothing like that. And it was such an initiation for me because the day before I got so sunburned. And I know that sounds like almost trivial, like, okay, you got burnt, whatever. No, no, no. Like I actually, like I actually looking at my arms right now, I'm fully blistering now. Like I had second degree burns. I got um, heat exhaustion. Like I genuinely thought at one point I would have to go to hospital. Like I was so unwell um, and it was my fault. Like I didn't put sunscreen on. Of course, like it, it, that's the thing about sunburn is like, which kind of like fucking sucks. Is like, it's your fault. You know, it's really your fault. And I remember like voice knowing Jack and almost in tears being like, I just got burnt to a crisp can you edit this out by any chance or can we cover this up? So I got clothes that covered the sunburn, but I was so angry with myself. I was like, this was your one shot, you know, to, you know, really show how much you love yourself, to really push your edges and to be confident and you get burnt to a crisp and you're, you're blistering. And I had to drown myself in aloe vera. Like when I say I was so sick, like I was vomiting, I was, yeah, it was, it was horrid. It was a horrible evening for me. And the shoot went beautifully. I got there. I was a little bit nervous, to be honest with you. I was actually nervous. I was like, oh my God, what happens if I don't like these photos? What happens if they don't turn out good? Like what happens if I screw up? And I went, you know what? What would the most obnoxious, confident version of you do in this moment right now? And I was like, you know what? She would fucking send it. Like she'd put that cowgirl hat on and she would pose and she'd be laughing and she would just be confident. And I, the minute I stepped in front of that camera, it was like something switched within me and I was just on fire and Jack, like she's, I feel like I'm just like promoting her so much, but truly she's amazing. Um, and she was like gasping, like, and, and like, you know, kind of like squealing during the shoot, which was so cute. And she was like, I don't think I've ever gasped so much during a shoot. And in that moment for me, that actually was so validating and affirming because I was like, Oh, 
oh my God, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I think sometimes like, yes, I think it's important to transcend the need to always be validated. But I think when you're going through or navigating really heavy things that control and dictate you in business, validation from others is actually super important. It is something that I actually ask my mentor about. Sometimes I will lean in and say, Hey, can you validate me for a sec? It's like light shadow work. And my clients will do the same. Like, Hey, can you reflect my power to me right now? And in that moment, you know, if I was to theme this last week, it would genuinely be the remembrance of my power because oh, I, I, it's like, it's like where my, my looks met my intelligence for the first time. And I was like, you've got this bag. And like, that actually almost makes me a little bit emotional guys. Like I'm just, I'm like really holding myself right now because whew, that was a lot for me. So yeah, look, I just had to like pause it for a second. Cause I was like, wow, this is actually getting a little bit more emotional than I anticipated, but Ooh, wow. That was so big for me in that shoot. Um, and I don't have the photos back yet, but when I do, I saw them on her camera and I remember literally being like, how did you make me look like that? And she was like, that's just what you look like. Like, this is all you. Like, I haven't even edited. I haven't done anything yet. Like, I'm just, I'm just taking the photo. And it was funny, like in that moment, like I forgot about my sunburn, even though it was painful. And I forgot about this whole thing that I held around. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. And I just went, okay, what would it look like if, <laughs> if you were, what would it look like if you were? And I think for me, what was really important here was understanding why I felt that way. Like what had triggered me? What evidence had I collected that proved to me that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't hot enough. And I think for me, the number one marketing strategy, I want to say tactic that I see most frequently in the coaching industry in comparison to other industries is sex sales marketing. So with sex sales marketing, um, it is not unethical in most cases. Um, it is not an illegal practice. It is not misleading. It is not deceptive. It is just basically sexy and attractive selling, right? Attractive in terms of the physical attributes. And for me, it was about understanding that I can view marketing and perceive people as being physically attractive and also perceive myself the same way whilst knowing I don't have to market that way or don't have to dress like them or do things like them. So, you know, I, I think the most common branding that I see in the coaching industry is the leotard with the boots. Am I saying that's wrong? No. Am I saying it's not hot? No, I think it's hot. I think it's great. And I think if you wear that and that's who you are, then I love that you're doing branding like that, but let's call a spade a spade. And let's say that it's also sex sales marketing, depending on how it is captured, depending on how it is edited. So in that, like when you are a consumer that is susceptible to that level of marketing, um, you can, if you haven't done the, the requisite work around your confidence and self-worth, you can take that marketing and then make it mean something about you, which I did, right? So that's why in my marketing, there isn't any sex sales marketing um, because I know for myself that would be out of integrity for me because I'm still doing so much work around my confidence and around my self-worth. So, you know, you can see that whilst I hold the opinion that sex sales marketing is huge in this industry, I think it works. Um, I think it is very, very effective. 
But for me, it was almost detrimental because then I went on this spiral, obviously for a very long time around how I wasn't good enough, but also like, you know, my self-worth issues stem into childhood. So context is really appreciated there. So the first thing that I've shifted or has been my biggest work from now, no, from the beginning to now, <laughs> let's get that right, from the beginning to now, is the fact that I am good enough, that I am hot, that I am attractive, that I'm intelligent, that I am sexy, that I am confident, and that I am going to be a millionaire. That has been my biggest work and being able to back myself. Um, yeah, that has been my biggest thing that I've transcended. The second component that I want to speak to in terms of what's changed from now, from oh my God, why do I keep saying that from the beginning to now, um, is the level of defensiveness um, I held around the word pyramid scheme. And like just noticing your body, as soon as I said that, you're like, oh, here we go. Here's a conversation around how the coaching industry, the entire coaching industry is a pyramid scheme. It's a cult. It's an MLM. She's one of them. No, I'm not. But I am going to tell you that there are parts that definitely exude that level of behavior and that present as pyramid schemes. And if you can't hold the nuance to that, I suggest you stop listening. So here's the thing that I've noticed. When I was in the beginning of my business and someone said to me that I was a fraud, that I was a part of a pyramid scheme, oh, I was defensive. How dare you call me that? How dare you say the coaching industry is a pyramid scheme? How dare you say it's a multi-level marketing scheme, which is an MLM, if you're not familiar with that, with that acronym. I was like, how dare you? Right, defensive, writing down reasons in my journal as to why I'm not like that, why I'm not a cult leader, right? Really getting worked up around it, being like, okay, well, that's your value. And then we are out of integrity because you think that and I don't. And I wasn't receptive at the time. So, and I, I still see that pattern. I, it's like, you know, I had a client ask me like, what's an opinion that you haven't shared online yet? Probably my biggest opinion that I haven't shared is that I, I think a lot of coaches preach about emotional intelligence and nuance, but then all of a sudden the pyramid scheme discussion pops up and then it's shut down. It's defensive. And it's like, no, no, you're out of integrity for saying that you're, you're playing into small coach energy. You're doing X, Y, Z. If you think that, whereas where I'm at currently is if someone presented that to me and said, Hey, I, I think the coaching industry is a pyramid scheme. I would actually ask, why do you think that? that would now be my response. Whereas in the beginning, it would be how fucking dare you? Now I'd be like, interesting, why do you think that? Because I think it's also a generalization. It's like me saying all lawyers do cocaine or all females are bad drivers. Like we've heard probably the two most common generalizations we've all heard. When someone says that, you don't actually believe that every single female woman that you've met is a bad driver, or you don't actually think that every single lawyer does cocaine. But it's true. Some lawyers do. Some females are bad drivers, same as male. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get the gist of what I'm saying. It's a generalization that we've taken without looking at where is their truth to that. So for me, when someone says to me now that the coaching industry is a pyramid scheme, I take it as a generalization and I go, interesting, what pocket of the industry are we talking about? Because the industry is huge. Like we always talk about how oversaturated it is. And then all of a sudden the pyramid scheme conversation pops up and everyone's like, oh, it's not that saturated. Like, no, 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 we, we don't do that here. And sure, it might not be present in your pocket and that's great, right? That's great. But there are pockets of this industry 
the I mainly see it predominantly in North America. So we've got United States and Canada where this is most prominent or prevalent, I should say, rather, where we've had governments actually step out and warn consumers about coaches and about coaching. But no one wants to talk about it because that's low vibrational frequency. And I'm like, I don't really think it is. I, I, I'm, I'm actually curious. Why do you think that? What to you, what does that look like? What kind of marketing does that look like? Where have I possibly engaged in the past in, in marketing that could reflect that? And how can I um, rectify that situation? Because with me, I, I'm so firm in who I am and I'm so firm in my integrity that if someone was to say that I was a pyramid scheme coach now, I would laugh and be like, yeah, right. Because I know who I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not curious as to why they think the coaching industry is a pyramid scheme. So I think there we could actually practice a level of nuance. I think there we could actually practice a level of, uh, of analysis of understanding, okay, well, what industry pockets do present like that and why, why is that so problematic instead of like automatically shutting down? So like, you know, I've interacted with people that have said that about the coaching industry, about particular pockets. Do I think they're out of integrity? No. Do I think that I can't hang out with them? No, because I actually agree with them to a degree. I'm not saying the coaching industry is a pyramid scheme. I'm saying that within every single industry, there's corrupt shit that goes on. And I think because I have a legal lens that I get to look at things with, it's a lot clearer to me where this actually plays into where abuse of power actually pops up in business and, and particularly within the coaching industry. But I'm not allowed to speak to that yet because I'm not qualified in law to actually speak to it. So I can't wait until I can. So that was the biggest thing for me as well as like shifting from defense to offense and shifting into analysis, shifting into um, curiosity rather than herd mentality. So remembering that herd mentality is when we just agree with what everyone else says and thinks because that's the common belief and we don't actually take time to practice our own analysis and discernment around that particular decision. I see that more frequently in like follower energy um, where people are like, well, that person did that and that person said that. So therefore I do that. Whereas I actually really disagree with that, that method of, of coaching. I disagree with that method of, of running a business because then you're running a business based on someone else's values, not your own. And one of my biggest values is my ability to analyze stuff. <laughs> like, like I said, my, no one, no one's brain works like mine does. So I actually wasn't using it to its full potential in the beginning by being defensive. Um, so for me, it was shifting into the offense. It was shifting into receiving energy. It was shifting into, Hey, I can respect you and simultaneously disagree with you because when we hold an opinion, we don't even need to make anyone wrong. We don't need to make anyone wrong for us to be right. Like two truths can coexist. That is the duality of the situation. And, you know, we preach duality, but then all of a sudden when it comes to differing opinions, it's like we shut down. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't actually hold duality there. Or I might be misunderstood if I say that. And, you know, even having this podcast today, like this episode, that would have been an edge for me a few months ago. Like I wouldn't have even have spoken about this. I wouldn't have even spoken about how I felt ugly or, you know, I wouldn't have even dropped the word pyramid scheme because I've been like, People are not going to understand me. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, if you don't understand me, that you can just unfollow me. You know, <laughs> like this is called the unfiltered truth for a reason. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, I'm going to say it exactly how it is. And like I said at the beginning, nothing's open for debate. Like I'm just saying what I think and that's that. So yeah, I think that was really cool to transition into as well. Um, but more importantly, like the way I operated in business at the beginning, like I actually had no level of entitlement. 
Um, so, you know, I, I see a lot of coaches entering the industry that are like, oh, I just need to make 1K. I have literally never started my business with this fixation on making money. I know that sounds like absurd because like profits and making money is like a really big component of business. If not, you're making a hobby. But for me, like I was just like, as long as I can pay my bills, I'm sweet. Like it was never about hitting this first 10K month. Whereas now what I've actually noticed, like full transparency, human moment, February income dropped a lot for me. I think I, I saw a 40% um, decrease in, in um, sales and income. I can attribute to this to a lot of reasons. Um, I ran a particular experiment, um, which is so random of me, but I did. Um, the economic cycle is really important to look at. We're looking at probably entering a recession in Australia um, and particularly around the world. Like, let's be quite frank. Um, I know America is seeing a lot of crashes. Um, I also didn't sell as much. Right. So of course I'm going to see an income drop and also it's like a normal part of the business cycle um, for your income to drop. I know this because I've spent weeks transcending the entitlement that I felt and how shit I felt about myself. Um, and like, I just have to be so human. Like I do, I really do. Cause when I saw that drop, it was like panic. What am I going to do? I'm failing. This is the end. My luck's ran out. Here we go. And what I realized <laughs> was, hang on, you're in fix it mode. You're trying to fix everything. You've been trying to fix everything for months. What would it look like if we just elevated shit instead of tried to micromanage everything? I was like, oh, okay. What would that look like if I elevated everything? Very interesting, right? So at the beginning of business, I operated in one, no entitlement, but I still was operating in this fix it over delivering mode because um, I thought that over delivering equaled sales, that over delivering equaled consistency and legacy building, um, which is not the case at, at all. Because when you're over delivering, you're actually traumatizing your, your clients by giving them too much that therefore they actually withdraw and lean out. That's a conversation for another day. Whereas now what I'm actually landing in is like elevation. And I learned that from Tiana Rose um, in one of her incredible trainings. Like it literally just like changed my life. When I listened to it, I messaged her. I was like, oh my God, what you went through is exactly what I'm going through. Like I feel so seen. Um, and I feel like in that, in those moments, like when you're really struggling and you're like, wow, I'm in a burning building. Um, and then you feel really seen in that. It's like, oh, I'm actually, I'm a little sweet guys. Like, sorry for my little, my breakdown. I'm good. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I was like, oh, sorry. I got it. Sorry guys, like I actually have this one. So it, it, for me, it was really important to allow myself to be witnessed, um, allow myself to actually call myself out on my own shit and lean into my mentors at the time and be like, hey, I need to be super vulnerable. Like I'm actually really struggling, which is something that I didn't do in the beginning. Like if I was struggling in the beginning, I was playing into, whilst I didn't play into entitlement, I definitely played into like self-preservation or um, I didn't want people to perceive me a particular way. I didn't want people to perceive me as failing or like that I couldn't do the thing or et cetera, et cetera. So I just didn't speak to anyone at all and I kept it bottled up. Um, so if I could to extract the lesson here for you is the most important thing to lead with is vulnerability in my opinion. It, it honestly is like integrity and transparency are up there, but vulnerability is key because I think for as long as you lean out of being vulnerable with your mentor or you lean out um, of being vulnerable in general with yourself, um, you're, you're putting a glass ceiling, right? You're actually putting a threshold to your potential because then it runs out. It runs out and then you're left with the vulnerability. You're left with the things that you have to face. And then you really have this 
choice of like, am I going to meet an edge here and lean in or am I going to lean out? And when you lean out, that's when you fail. Because your business growth is only is contingent upon the ceilings that you place. So when there's no ceilings, you're limitless. But when you put ceilings on, I will be vulnerable up to a particular point or I'm going to lean out of this and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, good luck continuing in business. This is the part where I see people probably trip up on the most is when they're required to see or witness a part of themselves that they haven't already. When they're or when they're asked to uh, practice a level of self-discipline that they're not willing to do, that's when people fail business. That's when they lean out completely and they'll blame that they're too busy or they'll blame consistency or whatever it may be when really it's actually like, hey, I'm not fully um, allowing myself to be witnesses as a human by myself and by others. So yeah, look, you know, from those three things, like we've extracted so many different parts, but also remembering like it has taken me up to two years to process all of this in terms of like my confidence. Um, And I still believe that I have a long way to go, but this episode has actually been probably my most transparent besides my human masterclass. Like that was like next level in terms of where, where I went. Um, but this has been pretty transparent in terms of like just saying it how it is and just like not being afraid to actually speak my truth, which has been really powerful. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you know, like I said, it's been my biggest work and it's funny because none of it had to do with like any strategy. Like, and this is what I mean, like mindset and energetics is just such a huge component of business that people overlook all the time, all the time. And it is the thing that is actually going to propel you further into success. Like I'm not dismissing strategy, because strategy is fucking key, but your mindset must be strong. You must be relentless and resilient on your pursuit to greatness. Otherwise, good luck getting there. So let's extract the lessons. One, vulnerability, lean in. This is going to be your tool. This is going to be the thing that propels you further. Number two, are you engaging in herd mentality or are you actually analyzing and forming your own opinion and truth about things and three you are good enough self-worth work is not basic personal development work it is so deep and huge and it is so important to surround yourself with people that make you feel fucking good like like i said that photo shoot that i did like jack made me feel amazing like surround yourself with a team of people that remind you just how great you are because I don't think it's surface level. Like, like I said, it's been my biggest work and it come, it is an inside job. It comes from within. And, you know, I wish I had started it sooner because I didn't bring it up to my coach until almost a year into business. I wish I had just swallowed my pride and admitted it sooner to people. Um, so I could have started working on all of this a lot sooner, but you know, I regret nothing obviously. Um, and it's just like so cool. And I'm really proud of myself that I've been able to deliver this episode and be so honest with you guys about how I was feeling and my mindset. And honestly, like, I feel like not to be that one, but (laughs) it's like this podcast unlocked a new level and not to be that coach. Um, but I'm going to be because it truly, like, I actually stepped out of the room midway through recording, went to my partner. I was like, wow, that was really emotional. He was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, I'm talking about me. And like, I've just been really honest for the first time. And that is just like, it is so beautiful to experience. So like, thank you for witnessing me. And if you're listening, um, as always, please send me a DM. If you've listened to this episode, share it onto your stories. I want to hear from you. I want to see you. Um, I would love to hear what resonated and landed with you the most. 
Um, if you have any special requests for the podcast, please do DM me as well. I love hearing what you want to hear me speak about. But as always, I'm Sarah Ruby. I am your host of The Unfiltered Truth. I am a business mentor and just a boss ass bitch. Stay tuned because when these personal branding photos come out, you're all going to freak out. So buckle in, enjoy the ride because we're cranking it up a notch because your girl has come home to herself. And remember that this week has been the remembrance of my power. So what I'm provoking you with today is how can you remember your innate power? Write it down, go do it because you are powerful and your success is inevitable. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.